get it. What do you mean, go get it? Man, that ball's way in left field. I don't care what field is in. Willie plays all fields. Every time we come to the game, you're talking about Willie plays all the fields. That's right. He plays. Let's call Willie and ask him. Call him. Okay, hey, Willie. Yes. Are you Willie Mays? Yes. Whose ball was that? Why was it? In left field. Well, that's Irvin's ball. I told you that. You... Every time we come to the game, we got to talk about it. The next time, I'm going to sit in the grandstand. Say I... hey, fellas. What's your name? Hello. Say who? And welcome Say to hey. the Rules of Acquisition. The greatest TV show of the 90s. My name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And also, Hugh Crawford. Hello. Hello. Now, yeah, we're talking about an episode here called uh, The Crying of Lot 48. No, that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's In the Cards. Yes. Yes. Uh, this episode is uh, episode 25 of season 5. It originally aired on June 9th, 1997. And here is the IMDb description. Jake and Nog go through hell and high water. From participating in an auction to dealing with the Dominion to receiving a Willie Mays baseball card, all in order to cheer up the war-fatigued Captain Sisko. There's a few things wrong with that description. It's not... <laughs> Somebody thought no, they were the getting The war's not declared yet, so... Um, right... And they were getting a little highfalutin and literary, and now it's like they go through hell or come back on trying to be fancy with your words. This was ri- this was directed by um, Michael Dorn. Worf. Yes, it was. Yeah. Written by Ronald Moore. Uh, they give some story credits to other people, but I don't know why. It's it's all Ronald Moore. Okay, guys, what did you think of this episode? Just so we can get this this out. Of the- I feel like we need to get this out of the way. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we do. Uh, who wants to go first? <laughs> hey, Wayne's in this episode. I like Wayne. Okay, I like. Listen, this is a weird. This is another weird episode because you have a central Deep Space Nine stuff that happens, but it's marbled in a sequel to the Stem Bolts episode. Yes, where... I loved it. No, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you have you have stuff that you cannot you cannot deny. Some important stuff happens in this episode. I what you're saying is is that you you want to cut around the fat of this episode and you you can't you cannot it's, it's hard it, every it's like a slice it's like a slice of way way goo beef right it's perfectly modeled if i were, if i removed the bullet this episode might uh you know bleed out if i remove the bullet it's just got to stay in the body <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what i like about this episode and the last one that we you know had some disagreement on it's like this is inverting the whole kind of uh standard the b plot what should what we understood to be a b plot plot is given in the foreground mm-hmm. and the important big serious thing that's going on is happened in the background last episode it was just happened off screen even and I we can talk about that when we're talking about that episode and whatever but in this one it's it's happening the important things are happening in this episode, but they're all not what the focus of the episode on. They're lingering in the background, and they're in fact mm. they're affecting the a plot in very important ways. But the uh, focus isn't on the big events. It's on what is kind of the lighter side of things. To a you know, yeah, just clearly a lighter side of things for the most part, and. There's still big, heavy stuff going on, but it's in the background. Well, I was gonna ask, like, is this made me ask, and I'm like, this is like maybe this is a thing that's like an overarching blind spot that that I should have realized by now. But is dumbass, corny, jokey bullshit like in the fabric of Star Trek? Like, it's a fundamental because I've always kind of just kind of rolled my eyes at it. But like, is it as fundamental as the other? parts that we say are fundamentally star trek no i don't think i don't think so i think humor definitely is but it's usually tacked on at the end where you know kirk and spock and and mccoy look at each Mm. other make a little joke at the end of the episode but no what this is this is like american americana to like frontier boys romp shit that that that, mm-hmm. that 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 they're kind of it's, uh, and it's kind of farcy like it's kind of farce humor it's like where I, it's, dis- I might you're supposed to laugh at how broad it I is yes I, I might know. disagree with what Hugh said I I might argue that there's a certain amount of humor and I mean campiness has been kind of in 
in the original. This is series. a camp. This is I like camp. This is farce. No, this, this was is like, like broad comedy bullshit. It was pretty broad. You know what it was to me? It was like it was like a video. It was like oh, they were completing all the uh, sub. The, the quest giver's quest, and it was almost like... It's a fetch quest, yeah. It was very... But it was also zane. It but, felt also like it could, this could have been like a Nickelodeon kids show with some stuff going on yeah. the in the background. Or like, you know, it's like they're, it's, they're just running errands and it's lighthearted and it's meant to be like a good time. But then I think it even calls that out at the end. And I, I don't know. I kind of liked what this episode did. But I, I have a feeling I might be alone in that. <laughs> I mean, no, it's a popular. I mean, it's a popular episode. Well, we'll get to that at the end. We'll find out yeah, how popular. I didn't. It is. Well, I didn't look. I didn't look. Right. But I mean, I'm just saying people refer to it as a popular episode. Well, yeah, but I, I saw it that it inverted some of like even the structure of it and this lighthearted episode, and then also then at the end they kind of make comments about like you know even in heavy shit there's levity that you can find and stuff but what what my fundamental problem with this is this is this is the sort of stuff that the characters would do early in the run of the series it is so when jake and nog were young boys they would go on these sort of adventures to cheer up the captain or then then commander but here they're a, like they're a little bit too old. Now we're in cadet and vest mode. <laughs> right. We're not in onesie and mm-hmm. little little shit mode. Yeah, that we kind of they're kind of outgrown this. I mean, Jake is at the beginning of the season has seen some shit as a war correspondent. Mm-hmm. Nog is like trying to advance himself within Starfleet via the academy. They're a little bit too old to just want to please dad. Yeah. See, I, I dis again. I almost, I might disagree with it. Like, I think this is the goofy stuff in the early seasons with them is being like little Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer, yes, putting, putting itching bugs on people and stuff. And this is like it's them just trying to do a nice thing for people and for his dad. The, he loves to his a, dad to a ridiculous to, to a ridiculous point to a arguably farcical and not not the most real grounded reality that if this were what was going on, this is not how it would resolve. But I mean, mm-hmm. well, maybe this is that one. Like one time I said that, you know, like I think I quoted Dave Berman as saying, if not Rick Berman, but Dave Berman, the poet and silver juice singer, uh-huh. uh, that if you seriously laugh at Shakespeare, like no one seriously laughs at Shakespeare anymore. <laughs> right. Because comedy fades. And I'm, I, 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 what I'm sitting there trying to do is that sometimes I go, okay, so there's this dumb comedy that's like from Bunked or one of the shows my kids watch. <laughs> Like, is that, uh, am I supposed, like, am I supposed to, would I have laughed at that in 1997? <laughs> Did the average Deep Space Nine fan that sat at home on a Saturday, Friday night and watched Deep Space Nine, did they laugh at this? Or am I supposed to sort of roll my eyes at the cornball? I don't know. Like, I don't, I, like, I don't like corny ass humor, like the lions and Geigers and Bears line sure. maybe like want to fucking die. That rolled my, I did roll my eyes a bit at that, and then I said, "Oh my!" But yeah, and so I mean, like I don't know, like I'm, I, I don't know, like I, I can't tell if I'm supposed to find this funny or are they playing with me? I don't yeah, know. I mean, I was thinking as I was watching this, is I could see like this plot, this basic plot transposed to like Adventure Time, for instance, which is a kid show, but I like it. You know, it's I watched that as, and enjoy that as an adult, and I felt like this was kind of that. It, it the way it was written. But it was those like, things have a sort of a like a kids entertainment has sort of a a whimsy to it that this I don't know maybe I don't know. It, it's also weird. I, I guess it's a weird. I think you can lean into it like Wade. Wade likes the juxtaposition of the heavy stuff and the whimsy. Yeah, maybe it's, it makes it easier to swallow. But I feel like we're just a little bit past it where we are in the series with the characters. But yeah, and that's what I feel like. It's I mean, a borderline I, situation. Like I don't feel that strongly about it. Like I right, can right, totally right. see somebody. I I could totally see somebody into it. And like and it's really kind of it's like the one last time that they do. If you go on further in the series, this is the last <laughs> the last days of summer for these guys. <laughs> right, shit's about to get real for both of them. Yeah, right. And I and I would say that you know Michael Dorn directed this. With all the nuance of a Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
But I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's in the script too. But, but so. it's a broad episode. Yeah, it's in the script too. Yeah. Like no. Uh, and you're right. It's not like there's sometimes that we we bitch about these shows, and it's just because they don't have any ideas or they're dumb or whatever. Um, like everything that you're talking about, where the invert, where you're watching the B plot, uh-huh. all of that was intentional. Like they had an idea, they were really stoked about this idea. But it seems, you know, it's still at the end of the day, I'm having to sit here and watch <laughs> the least interesting shit. Yeah. Like I know we're not supposed to. I the next five minutes, the five minutes after this episode, the first five minutes of the next episode is them having to do a lot of shit to catch up on all of the shit they didn't do up until the finale of the season. So it's like wasting time. Yeah, though even, you know, they do that every episode. They might still feel the need to catch up for the people that aren't watching every episode because it's a syndicated show in the 90s. Even if they were doing that, they might feel like they need to do a recap at the beginning, you know? You know, this, I I mean, speaking of recap, I don't know if we want to go through point by point what happens in this episode, but we we could, well, because it could get, yeah, we we should definitely do that. But but my my larger point is that this episode's got uh, Kai Wen in it and Wayun, yeah. <laughs> and and both mm-hmm. both of them get great scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like we get great scenes out of both out of them. Yeah, right. And yeah. and I'm sort of I I watched this twice, and then the second time I'm sort of astonished at the greatness of the character scenes with of you know the two main bad guys right, right. and how it's put put up against this other. Mm-hmm. Whimsy bullshit. Yeah, you can say bullshit. That's fine. I won't. I won't. I'm I mean, gonna, I mean, I'm, I've decided I'm not going to get mad about this episode if y'all don't like. Well, there, there is a. I mean, there is a scene in this episode that has lasted forever. I mean, they they recreated all of the time on Pornhub. <laughs> yes, where, uh, oh, I a, made a note a, of that too. A son, a, a stepson. Yep. <laughs> a stepson has to sneak into his sleeping mom's bed and yeah. like cup her boob. What? That's a. I definitely <laughs> wrote down. I definitely have here on my notes nog does a porno yes yes <laughs> holy shit Pornhub is full of that of that <laughs> yeah. video of uh, yeah it's, that video it's very pressing <laughs> in the 90s they weren't doing this stuff could you take the audio from that and then superimpose it on this episode of deep space nine that was where i was like is this supposed to be like a french farce because he like he does cup her boob right i didn't catch that but i'm gonna go rewatch it now. because he was <laughs> well because he's you know he's she's cuddling the bear yeah i thought he yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did, and yeah. he felt probably, like it, he probably did. Yeah, I don't think he did like devious. No, no, I think, no, like, I think it was like a, it was like a oops, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and they're like, we're gonna, we're gonna keep that shot in the editing room. Yes. But it was dark on purpose, and I didn't know if that was. T- I don't know. Tied. <laughs> yeah. How does this this episode start? Does this episode is this the one that starts off with like construction work and and. In the bar? No, that was no. It's last. That was episode? last week. Oh, this shit. is this is the one. Cut where... that. Cut. Scratch that out. I've watched too much. I've I've watched yeah. and rewatched too many of them. <laughs> it all runs together. I get yes. it. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> because they're spinning their wheels and the story's not moving, so you're confused. Well, no. Yeah. Uh, been... Yeah. This is the one where everybody's not talking about the war and is uh, everybody can't talk about the war but that's the only thing they want to talk right. about that's right you're right this is like the third one where the episode has started and everybody's bummed the fuck out and then it goes light mm-hmm. and and the levity comes oh out. yeah we have that great that great reaction out of o'brien whenever cisco asks if kiryoshi's walking yet <laughs> and o'brien <laughs> yeah. that might be my favorite that might be my favorite o'brien <laughs> moment in the entire series he just goes no where he just goes no <laughs> yeah. But it's sort of like a guileless no. There's nothing behind it. He's just matter of fact and just... No. Not yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't mean to kill the conversation immediately, but he did, you know? My favorite thing about uh, uh, Brian is he's not had a Dale Carnegie course. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he doesn't know that you're supposed to, like, still yes. keep the... Con- like, that was an invitation <laughs> to carry the conversation forward. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the Tiananmen has gone missing on the border two weeks ago like a man standing in front of a tank. It is named for that. Good boy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even make that connection. Yep. Woof. But like I said, this episode starts heavy. <laughs> I could have gone my whole life without knowing that they did that. <laughs> yes, and the Tiananmen comes back, so... Uh, no, I did not know that. Not in this, yeah. They, they use the Tiananmen as a reference somewhere else. Too, okay. Yeah, 
because when when he asked, "Oh, is Kira Yoshi walking?" For me, it was like the heavy-footed nature of this episode in some ways when he says, no, not yet. He says it with such gravitas, like his kid is dying or something to me. Mm. No, not yet. It was just pretty matter-of-fact, I don't know. And then Odo is is like, oh, are you going to, down to Bajor? He's like, no, because crime is up since, like, the last time. Mm-hmm. It's awful, like, right before the Cardassians left, so everybody's stressed. And Worf is just staring at the African art because he doesn't want to talk to anybody. Because his girlfriend's not there because for some reason uh, Jed Z is not in this episode. Dax is only, yeah, she's only listed uh, in the credits, credit only. uh, No, she was, uh, that was her first Becker read through. Was it the same week? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I promise you that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That that lines up on the timeline, actually. Right. And then to top it all off, they're like, oh, oh, by the way, I know y'all are all bummed out, but. Kai Wynn is coming onto the station, and Cisco's like, well, fuck. Acknowledged. Jake and Nog are at Quark's. And then we learn about the auction and the crying of Lot 48, basically. And then he's going through it, and he says, oh, boy, there's a Willie Mays baseball card. Ah, that's going to make everything better. Because there's this derelict freighter that the Bajorans picked up one light year away which is basically the uh, junk shops that you two went <laughs> shifting through. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a dirty diaper from 21st century Memphis <laughs> right. in that in that same lot. <laughs> they found this freighter. There's the dirty diaper. There's all these old Deep Space Nine role-playing games and magazines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- does any, does at any point in the episode, does it say the grading on the card? Because it greatly affects the price. I don't know that they do. Yeah. Just without the... Without the chewing gum and that's wrapper, right. yeah, that's yeah. all I know. Because yeah. as of right now, it uh, if it's graded at a nine, it is worth five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, a lot of latinum. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of latinum. Uh, but its basic price is currently three thousand dollars mm. for just a regular card. I, I don't know how that translates to latinum, uh, but it doesn't. It sounds sounds. Uh, yeah, but it looked it looked well graded in the episode. Uh, okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. It did. It was a duplicate, right? I mean, clearly they didn't have a real one, did they? That would, that's an expensive prop. Oh, I doubt. Yeah. yeah, I doubt they had a real one. Well, even though I don't know, I mean, it could have been a like a on loan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could have loaned it. Like a grade seven is twelve thousand. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, they could, they could like twelve thousand. You can rent that, and I, who knows what it was yeah. twenty years ago. So it's probably actually the same price. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't think these things have gained value much over the last twenty years. It's not like all those comic books I bought in the nineties that are worth so much money right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, but I mean, it is one of the rare that and the Mickey Mantle. I mean, of the 50, 40s, 50s, sure. 60s cards, that's probably one of the rare ones. Yeah. From what I just read. Okay. Well, I don't know shit. No. So. I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so, yeah, and then there's, like, Tellerite shoes and a Tholian pendant and a card something. There's all this shit that they're auctioning for. Nobody wants it. For our international fans, Willie Mays is probably the best baseball player ever, I would think. Um, Defensively, at least. I don't, yeah. Offensive, yeah, I think he, I mean, I think. Well, I mean, he wasn't the last person to hit way, four. He didn't, he's not the last person to hit 400. So. No, that was, that was. Uh, Ted the, Williams, but Brett. Ted Brett, Williams actually said, Ted Williams said that Willie Bays is better than him. And if he's not a modest man. So. No, I know. I mean, I, I, yeah. I agree. I could, I'm not going to argue against that. I'm yeah. just, if you're going to look yeah. at the numbers, you're, yeah, you'd have you've, to you've got a lot of digging to do. I don't know shit about baseball. This has been Baseball Corner uh, on the ROA. Yeah. Uh, which is fascinating. Um, and then we get the, the, the scene where he's going to buy the baseball card for him. And then he's like, Nog, Loan me the money. It's like, get your own money. It's like, I'm human. I don't have any money. Yeah. We believe in a philosophy of self-enhancement. He's like, well, what does that mean? It's like, I don't, it means we don't need money. I don't know. It also seems that probably any society that got rid of money would also probably not put value on collector's items. Well, like this, sort of, this that kind of like marketing, but like, or like that kind of like I, that little like collector's markets thing. Well, they don't put value on the item. This is a point I will make later in the episode. They make they put a value on happiness of their loved ones, and that's yeah. It was an 
incentive based right and incentive based economy. economics yeah but like but you could easily say hey dad i got you this old baseball card and he could go that's cool i just got out of the i just <laughs> i just played uh watch uh, uh, willie mays and, and bobby thompson play the greatest game ever played in the holodeck you know like i don't know like is it a different kind of well yeah because like a piece of history worth is right i don't know it just seemed to me that like if you've gone through multiple generations of not valuing these kinds of items and suddenly one has value and then it how do you well okay let's 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 put it this way somebody didn't value this item that's why it was on an alien ship so like it it's fallen out of human hands Mm -hmm. humanity doesn't give two shits about this item aliens all of a sudden care about its value probably because they realize it's it's scarce or whatever do they even really care about its value it's just kind of a thing did like that quark is like no wait oh you don't keep your money under your bed do you you dumb son of a bitch yeah (laughs) he's like oh you know you keep all that money under your bed and then rom and then nog's like gulp and it's like oh man that was a figure of speech you stupid asshole don't do that that's where everybody (laughs) expects your money (laughs) oh nog you don't really keep it under your bed. But he's got five bars of platinum that Jake can is going to con him to convince him to use. Five whole bars because going back to the Stimbold episode in those days, five bars of platinum is the uh, platonic ideal of a large amount of platinum, apparently. And we're we're back to confusing strips and bars. Oh, yeah. We used to uh, operate on a 20 strips to a bar ratio, but this threw that out of the water by going one bar and 25 strips. Yeah. Uh, we're being talked about as a, a potential wager. So not caring how that breaks down is really freeing. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> like if you could just watch this episode or just not, not, not give a shit about not that. Not look too closely at, you know, up closely at that, at, at the seams. Uh, it helps. I feel like maybe that's why Donald Glover does that kind of shit on, uh, on Atlanta where you would think it would be rewarding the Reddit watcher. The, the people who want to play Atlanta versus watch it. Mm-hmm. Right. No, he's just there to like, nope, nope, none of this makes sense. <laughs> right. right. None of this background details makes sense at all. So just yeah, keep going. Which I'm fine with, yeah. And then the way that just shot and the when Jake gets all high and mighty, like, you won't give money to my father, the man that got you in the starfleet and they put they're they're shooting at this high angle and it's like and then nog is like oh that is so low of you and it, it's it's played very broad i just yeah can we talk about jake uh or Sirach, uh a little bit sure um is is he benjamin buttoning on talent <laughs> i think he's i think he's <laughs> i think he's playing uh, online <laughs> I think I think he's uh I think he's uh regressing. I think we need to send him back I, down. I think I well I think he's as good as the director he has. Maybe. That's true. I I think like if you get a Davery Brooks directing him, he's probably emoting the shit out of that, you know. Oh man, we've seen I feel, I feel like we've seen he him. He was awful. I mean it's, it's pretty it's yeah, I mean it, it just I yeah. Willie Mays card, really? Give that here. Yeah, like, I kind of blame the like director. Uh, maybe he knows it's like he's a grown ass man who's seen some shit and he's having to do this adolescent ah. romp. Maybe he knows that that's. It, it, I don't maybe know. he was tanking. He was tanking. Just the way it's shot, like the way it's direct. Like they say, a Willie Mays card, blah blah blah, and then they there's like a gap in the next line, and then Rom says. <gasps> How dare you? It's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's a little much. I guess I just always assumed that when they let these cast members direct, they didn't really let them direct. <laughs> Maybe. But I, I don't know. I guess they do. I, I, I just always assumed. I mean, they Michael didn't. Dorn probably has a lot of wee- leeway to throw his weight around, you know? Like, and we know Cisco took two weeks to work with Dax on Rejoined, and that paid off. But yeah, but he's. Yeah, he's different. Yeah, Michael Dorn. No, but Michael Dorn is, you know, the star of Star Trek from the TNG. So he probably yeah, but, can do what he wants to. You know, but he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. he's not the lead of the show, but he's the new lead. I mean, he's yeah. Big, I just thought that I thought the acting and and for the most part, the acting in this is remarkably great. I thought that Brian Markinson, the the guy who played Geiger, oh, I thought he was fine, and I, I have, you know, I have Jeffrey Coombs. 
Jeffrey Combs and and uh, uh, Nurse Ratchet do are pretty good. I think. Yeah, yeah, they're. I mean, they're so. I mean, it's not like the guest stars aren't strong. It's just that. Yeah, the, the Jake is. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. He's not the best. All the money is going towards the war orphans because yeah, we're playing with the regular things in this episode. I mean, just to get into the weeds about the items, the post eventualistic prematoyan bronze and triton sculpture that any Klingon would be happy to have in its house. Is that a Klingon item? And are they naming Klingon things that Discovery will never deal with? Eh, who knows? Doesn't Sorry. <laughs> doesn't matter if those items go to the blue man with the good shoes. I did like the blue, good, the blue man with the good shoe. Yeah, yeah. That may be my favorite line of the episode. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was lot 47, I guess. And then lot 48 is like an Andorian chest with a pre-Sirac. Vulcan bracelet, a 6th century Bajoran mandala, and a Willie Mays card, and a 23rd century ion transmitter. Which I guess is the ion transmitter is what he really wanted. Yeah, that was what my guess was too, yeah. We never we never find out. We never out. know why this guy wanted this right. fucking baseball card and was willing to pay a re- the, Or this, this lot, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't know why he and, wanted and this was, lot. Oh, and was willing to like overpay for it. I mean, I guess because he's crazy. Yeah, but. the crying of Lot 49 within a, a black velvet painting of a matador, which was the inspiration for the Mars colony flag in the 22nd century. Cut the mic, uh, and then they move on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, and you will see that again. Will we really? That, that was, yeah, oh, in this episode. Um, Morn got no, it. No, no. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's in, the, it's in the Morn dies. I mean, I mean bloops, oh, bleeps. Yeah, it's yeah. in the Morn bleeps episode. Then Wayun shows up on the station. Because, oh, should we talk about the B-plot at all or get through the A-plot? For- yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the most important part of... Yeah, the B-plot <laughs> right. B is important. Unlike that. Yeah, the B-plot <laughs> is important to the arc of the series, not this episode so much. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, and arguably is more interesting to uh, some people. Wayun comes on the station because he's coming to talk with the Bajorans. Uh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's because he's... Got that non-aggression pact. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, he want or he's he's negotiating a non-aggression pact with Bajor, which basically and even like sort of point is to that the, that this whole plot line it was the point of the episode of the Rapture a few episodes. Oh yeah, back. the one where he where he he sandbags them getting a like uh, Bajor, joining the, Bajor joining the Federation. Right, right. And this was why he had that vision, and so you know it's basically. Kai Wen, who who's made up to be a villain, you know, she has been a villain this whole show, but is now sort of on a, on a redemption arc for a little uh, bit. Uh, for, well, I don't know if it's a redemption. I think she's on the pause arc. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, well, she's I, on a, I, like, I'm following, I'm following Cisco. Well, it feels, it feels like they're working on it, it, not knowing what we know, maybe. It feels like, oh, wait a minute, she is, because she's on Cisco's wow. side now. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah, I think maybe they're doing we, he's constantly cut. surprised well, they're constantly. He's kind. Of, there's a lot of eyebrow raising and looks at each other. Sure. She behave. She's on her. She's on good behavior, but nobody really trusts her still. She's like, "I want to go for a walk," mm-hmm. and he raises a surprise. Right. And, you know, and the look that Kira gives Kai Wen when she's like, "All right, you can leave us alone, child." You know, she was like, "Are you sure?" Right, you right. know, people don't trust Kai Wen still. She's still treated. As far as the characters are concerned, like a bad guy, but as far as the audience is concerned, she's definitely. But I don't, I don't get why she's not even. She doesn't even the leader of Bajor. So why is she even she's in this? She's kind of the. Scene? She's yeah, she is. She's, she's, no, Shakar is. She's the religious leader of Bajor, oh, but, but she's she's the pope. She's she the, has negotiated contracts before, though, like with the Cardassians and. And when Pope, it's because she was when Rebel because Pope she was, was dying, the because she yeah, but they they didn't have a government that had a leader then. I guess not. I think still she's she's still the head of her religious organization. That and, is and true. Shakar is still yeah. the is the head of the government. She's it's like, like it's like gold press latinum. <laughs> it's a little wibbly wobbly about how it works in the but background. Shikar, right? But Shakar, but Shakar is the one that ultimately. Yeah, excellent yeah. point. Uh, yeah. Yes. I did like when she's like, "Can we go for a walk?" And she goes over, and they're on the promenade. It's like, oh, that woman downstairs with the Bajoran tapestries that used to, and Cisco knows everybody. Like, oh, you mean Condra uh, Vilk? Uh-huh. Wasn't she the woman that wanted to fuck Odo? That she had a restaurant. Oh, she had a restaurant. Ah, never mind. You're right. Never. Uh, I'm I totally think. wrong. You're right. It was like 
called the Celestial Dining Establishment or something dumb. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was. I thought maybe they were doing a callback, but never mind. I think. It, but it was she, a callback to Deadwood. It was a callback to the Celestials in Deadwood. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she went to a neutral world in, a, in the James Corden system. I liked her. I thought that she was. I mean, I think that they play with the tension of not trusting her, mm-hmm. but she's she is sort of submissive to, to what Cisco, yeah. Cisco wants. I mean, Cisco kind of does control her through this whole process. She will do what he tells her to do. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it's, it's, um, he has a, yeah, that was interesting. He has a Moadib moment where he's like, the crisis moment hasn't come yet. Stall. Oh my God. This discovery, Dune, you're, <laughs> I know. I'm just pushing, you're all pushing your buttons. my button. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, wait. Now, what now? What was the Moadib moment? Well, she's like, what should I do? And he's like, well, it's not quite. He's like, oh, the future isn't clear to me. The crisis <laughs> moment. Hasn't come yet. Yeah, yeah. So pause. It's shadowed to me. Yeah. So stall for time, basically. And she's Maybe like, that was an important scene because that seems to be the theme of this episode. Important and interesting shit are happening, but let's pause. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that scene. I can get to the point of it later, but yeah. But we should talk about Doctor Geiger, who, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. for, for Dragon. Uh, By the way, his name was something else until it came time for him to write that lines and Geiger's and Bears line. And he changed it to something that could rhyme with tiger. Oh, really? I just thought like... Ronald E. Moore, people. The, 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 he, the, when, the greatest sci-fi TV producer in history. Woof. Ugh. <laughs> I saw it as like this guy was a zany creep. Because he's like, when they come up to him, he's like, you're not the soulless minions of orthodoxy. It's like, is that like a... Well, that's the thing about a crazy person. He could be talking about something that's specific and real. Or he could just be talking about like a a, a general mm-hmm. thing that he's fabricated in his mind. Right, right. You know, you don't. That's I guess that's sort of the point of his right, right. lexicon or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I got it, but they kind of keyed on that term "soulless minions." Uh, it it felt like felt like a zany uh, NPC in like an old computer RPG. <laughs> like this is a zany side quest right, well, that's going on. Based things. Yeah. And this guy that's crazy, but and then he's like, "I'm not crazy." You're not. You're not selling me on it, Wade. Here. Yeah. Well, I I like those. Old- <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I I will say that I like the idea. I think that the idea, and I read that this is why they sort of did it, is that um they wanted to mirror uh, what in real life my relationship with the writer Ray Kurzweil was, <laughs> where he you, you spent a little <laughs> bit of time. You're like, this guy's interesting. This guy, wow, he's taking a lot of interesting stuff. And then and you read a little bit more and you go, oh, you're fucking crazy. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, th- I think that that's what they wanted. But the guy was pitched too twitchy and and weird to yeah, even begin like, I with. Do, I don't like do if he was any, smoother and more had more. If he was smooth and had more confidence, it would have played better. Right. When he was when he when you realized he was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, I haven't broken any laws. Except perhaps the laws of nature. Yeah. And then it's like, oh my God, this guy fucks appliances, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean he's, he's doing Boris Karloff type shit. That's and yeah, and then then they said his name was Dr. Geiger, and I was like, Holy shit, this guy should have a weirdo like German accent because he's clearly oh, he's based on like HR Geiger. HR now. Geiger and he likes to fuck weird things. <laughs> It was just to get. Uh, it was just for that joke. Oh, we'll see. They should. Unfortunately, because I thought he was going to be a. Z- if he were a zany, mad scientist with a German accent, it would. I was like, you know what? They should have played that up. And they think that I'm completely crazy. <laughs> but, and then when he's like, I've only broken the laws of nature. I was like, oh, this guy's into weird fucking. And so that doubly matches with H.R. Geiger. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he's not into weird fucking. He's just into sitting in a pod, right? Because his whole his whole thing is about immortality. He's selling a perpetual motion machine or an immortality pill. Except his crackpot theory is that the reason people age and get old is because your cells get bored and cellular ennui. Yes, which is a, a, a nice turn of phrase. It, it's a nice term, and I like that Jake and Nog aren't buying it they're just like well this guy's f- yeah clearly fucking crazy yeah it, and, it, and it pays off in the end when way you does buy it cause, right because way you's dumb <laughs> which is like a, a strange reoccurring thing but, right. or, uh, well, Wei but Yun, yeah like way you loves everybody 
it seems Wayun is that he Wayun is that normal seeming guy who also believes like that also writes really long posts on Facebook about building seven. <laughs> right. World Trade Center building seven. You're just like, uh, uh, you know, no way. Yoon reminds me of of that one usher at church. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah. He's, he's really into shaking your hand, and it's like, oh, I'm so glad. His only job is to hand you the damn pamphlet, but he's got a. But he's he's very happy to have that one job, and is wants to glad hand everybody. Yes. Yes. That's totally, yeah. It's Dr. Bathkin of Andros 3 who came up with the cellular boardroom theory. They were just in Andros 4, which is where one planet away from where all the uh, Maquis people died. Ah. That's either neither here nor there. Eight days in the uh, cellular regeneration and entertainment chamber will make a dude immortal, apparently. He's not interested in buying, selling the card, but they can make a trade for it if they get all his items for him. So they he sends Jake and Nog on a fetch quest, basically, for all the, your you computer uh, gaming RPG nerds out there. So they have to go get everything, and to do that, they have to solve every NPC that has a a uh, question mark over their head to get their quest <laughs> and get the items that that person wants, so that they give them the items that the PC wants, and. That makes everybody happy. And I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> it goes on forever. And I wanted to. Right. And I thought about quitting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they need their shit from uh, O'Brien, who wants to go rafting, and then they do a job for him. Then they want to, we could do your job for you too, Dr. Bashir. And he's like, no, I'm having fun. And he's, he's paying attention to them. He's multitasking, which we know humans can't do. Very well, except he's an augment. He's a con, and he can talk to them and be grumpy and also do the work he loves at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, sometimes I, I, I just stop in my day, and I think about the fact that he couldn't tell the difference between a house and a dog <laughs> before he had that procedure done. I think about that all the time since we've done that podcast. All the time. <laughs> It's our greatest discovery. It's, <laughs> yes, it's the greatest contribution that we've had to the to the greater lore of uh, Deep Space. Nine. Right, but he's working on his prion project. But he just wants his teddy bear back, and then and then Nog goes and makes a porno with his stepmom, basically. Uh, that's yeah. the genre. They're not even living together, so he sneaks into her apartment. It's not even like his own house. Yeah, like he, apartment. No, no, no. He wasn't going back to he wasn't going back to his old house that his new mom moved in. He wasn't doing No, he has no business being there. No, he sneaks through the fucking air conditioning ducts cuz he he scrambles through it like a fucking it's, critter. It's the worst. Like that it's, seed is It's it, it was a little uh, yeah. And and uh, fuck. Yes. Yeah. And it is. It is it is it is it is framed like every Zell Bell Ringer Zeb Bell Ringer <laughs> video you're gonna find on Pornhub. It oh, is I don't know that name, but I, I know the genre. <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> um uh. <laughs> moving on. Uh Kai Wynn is like talking to Cisco about the stuff and she's she mentions like seriously though, like you're telling us to stall and not to join up with the Dominion, but like you know, when shit comes to, when push comes to shove, when shit hits the fan, are you really gonna defend Bajor before Vulcan or Andor <laughs> or Baron Garia? What planet is that? Is that where the? I don't know. Is that the Tellarite planet right. or something? I don't know. That's like a I, thing. I don't that, that lion dude from the uh, animated series, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Know. Uh, come at us, nerds. Uh, give us a call and let us know. Yeah, help us out on this one. Uh, <laughs> 917-408-3898. Sure. Uh, yeah, and he's like, uh, I don't know. And then she's like, the Orb of Wisdom, I went to it, but it doesn't tell me shit because, you know, kind of, that's kind of her whole reason for being a a, uh, a, a nasty woman because 
her gods don't talk to her like they do everybody else, right? But uh, uh, and so on this side of paradise, Spock once said he saw a dragon on Berengaria Seven. Okay, that was the only reference to it before this episode. Huh. But apparently, it's big enough that it, it demands more uh, notice than Bajor, which is yeah. Or um, where, where does Mott the Hoople come from? Um, the, where does the bad company? <laughs> <laughs> Bolia? I don't know. Bolia. Bolia. Oh, Bolia. Yeah. Oh no, Mat Mot the Hoople became became bad company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did they? Yeah. Whoa. Huh. That I didn't know that. I didn't know. Because bad, that bad company is like a bad like a it was like a no, I'm thinking of bad finger. Never oh, okay. mind. <laughs> yeah, you're getting your bads <laughs> right. and your fingers. I'm getting your I got my confused. fingers in the wrong hoople. What if here. what if <laughs> what if we just stop the podcast now and we slowly raise and fade into bad company and the podcast is over? <laughs> that's true. Uh, hey, uh, or, uh, or, or the one Mott the Hoople song. I think that, that, that Mott the Hoople came first. I, they became bad company. Yeah, yeah they did. Oh, not yeah, the other way around. The, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mott the Hoople, then bad company. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mata Hoople had two great songs. What's the one that I know? Uh, all the young, all all the young dudes. All the young dudes. That's and, the one. And then uh, all the way to Memphis is the other one that I like a lot. Okay. Yes. I've yes. And Bad yeah, Company so. just had Bad Company. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, they got a great hits. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but can you name any of them? <laughs> so 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 does Janie Riley? Hot, but you can only name one song hot, on that. Album. No, there's hot. No, I can. I mean, I can know. Hot, there's hot blooded. Oh, that's a good oh point. fuck yeah! You're right. You're, you're right. right. Hot blooded. <laughs> right. Come on now. Wait, is that not foreigner? Hey, wait, wait. You're blowing my mind. Is that not foreigner? That's bad company. You're wait right. Wait a minute. I'm gonna. I'm no. I'm mm-hmm. looking up bad company. Greatest uh, hits. Bad company. Greatest hits. <laughs> Sidebar. I'm gonna look at their most played on Apple Music. Oh well, that's. If you want to do it the right way, I guess. That's <laughs> rock and roll fantasy, burning, ready for love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, come on. I feel like making love. Oh, that's a bad feel like making that's love. That's okay. And then Bad yeah. Company. Come on. Yeah. And then Rock and Roll Fantasy. These are big songs. Rock- yeah. They had some big yeah. songs. Yeah. Okay. These were Fine. at least you, you three. Win you. you won yes. that. You won this contest. Or, no, they if they contest. warrant you- having, on Apple Music, they warrant having an essentials playlist. With more than fifteen songs on it, so okay. yes, Bad Company is legit. I don't know <laughs> what to say. <laughs> Sorry, I, I apologize. I take every bad word I ever said about Bad Company. But... Well, I mean, this is this is this is like the second time this week I've had to re. I spent the morning reevaluating Eddie Money. <laughs> so, so wait, okay, so it's not so much that Mata Hoople just became Bad Company, <laughs> but that the the guitarist for Mata Hoople formed a super group that Bad uh, with. King Crimson's bass player. Uh, so it, I mean, right, there it. is, it's in the lineage, but you're, it is. It's, it, they have a strong DNA. Because yes. the, Ian Hunter was the singer of Mata Hoople, but is not in Bad Company, I believe. That's right? what I thought. Right. Yeah, because yes. Ian Hunter yeah. tours as himself and just plays Mata Hoople songs. Yes. Right. And I'm sure Ian Hunter loves the Bad Company Essentials list on <laughs> Apple Music. <laughs> I'm sure that makes him feel great. Yes, I'm sure it does too. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. So anyways, they they do all the subquests for Worf is with his opera and and pu- doing punch up on Kira's speech. You know, like I a lot of people talk about water replication and find it very dry or something and that joke sucks. Uh I love it, but if they find it a dry I just subject. Wanted, while we're on the water replication thing, we we have this montage at the end of everybody getting their absolute desires. <laughs> And Kira's is just, she nailed a speech to five people at a desk. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And there's that joke that Nog tells him is not very funny. My girlfriend said, "Eh, it's a little bit funny. Okay. Oh, your girlfriend did? Yes. Well, yeah, your girlfriend did. I don't want to don't want to use real oh, names. Oh, you doxter, you motherfucker! I totally <laughs> did. Oh, shit. Uh, I, I admit, I'll edit. Um, this one over there. It's okay. She don't real, care. Real quick, if I could back up to a, a place that I I I don't know, I rarely go to, which is Science Nerd Corner. Uh-huh. This whole guy, this guy, he's worried about cell, cells growing old yes. and getting bored. Mm-hmm. However. Every time you're transported in, <laughs> your cells become brand new. You're like a new person. Well, so everybody, you're only as old as the last time you transported. Well, you, 
So if his theory was correct, yeah. you could just trans you could stay young by transporting frequently. Well, right. I mean, your brain knows how old it is. So by his crackpot theory, your cells are transported with their memories of how bored they are. So because this whole thing <sighs> is like you have to shade. send entertainment. That seems. I mean, this whole yeah. I mean, that seems like maybe a bridge too far. Because <laughs> oh oh, because you you were buying his theory up until now, huh? Uh, I mean, I think that the concept that, like, that I think that, like, science is full of these kind of novel ideas where your cells die because your cells get bored. And, and what they really mean is something more complex or something. Right. But this guy is sending entertainment to uh, than that. But, but it, no, no, no. But as it became that it was entertainment, it did, it did ultimately that he meant that they needed to have a more fun life. Um, uh, which means that they have some sort of consciousness, and you're saying that the transporter transports their sense of consciousness along with them. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if creating that's, a terminal age, if that's the corner that you're putting me in, I guess I am saying. That. <laughs> I mean, it's treated as a stupid idea in the show, so we don't have to treat it like it's not. Right. <laughs> But yes, uh, that would have been. That's true. That, we you don't have to go hard into the paint for this theory, Wade. I'm sorry, you brought up the science corner, the nerd corner, and I'm just responding. I, I did. My my whole point was that there was an in world reason for his for his uh, theory to be crackpot and wrong. Uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it would have been fine. Like that's that's something about the writing of these kinds of shows, where they. They want to tell jokes, and maybe this is a maybe this is what it is. Maybe Joss Whedon has a bigger effect on television writing than I've ever sort of thought. The way this song would, the, the way this episode would be written today, is that there would be a lot of like instead of just having like big jokes like lions and tiger, whatever, on all of these sort of lions set piece and jokes these, and bears. Yeah. Where are the bears that are bringing up? That is, oh, the Lula Lua bear. Oh, teddy bears, right. And the lion because they're going to beard the lion. which Beard is, the lion. Is that, yeah. Which that, is a phrase that some people say, but it sounds like, it sounds like you're going to toss a salad. Yeah, beard the lion and it's been, yeah, that's you're another right. thing, my girlfriend. Joni sends her names out into the world now. Thanks a lot. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> um, she's like, is that a thing? It's like, I don't know, man. I guess so. I looked. I had to look it up. But it does sound like you're going to... <laughs> Nog, I'm going to show you what they call playing a rusty trombone. <laughs> <laughs> Nog, I'm going to give you a Cincinnati bow tie. Right, um, but anyway... The way this scene would be written now, there'd be a lot of these sort of jokes, and the, the banner would be much faster. And so, therefore, like, probably there'd be a section where Jake and Nog are throwing out these, like, contrarian sort of quips against his theory. Right. Like, where that there's a room for that, but the, the sort of the dialogue and the jokes are sort of paced so slow and so broad. I agree with that. That they like, don't have that rat-a-tat sort of dialogue. It's not right. They wait for the laughs on a lot of these, like, dad jokes, and there's like, mm. just just rush through it, man. <laughs> that's that's fine. Yeah, you're you're not wrong there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Then they, they go back to um, Dr. Geiger's quarters, and he's not there because Wayun heard him when he was putting his ear to the floor but not touching the floor because he's got a lot of makeup on and they don't want to fuck it up. Uh, but yeah. he's been snatched and then they get called to the principal's office and Cisco is pissed because they've also called out Kai Wen because they see Kai Wen talking to the priest or whatever that was the Vedic that was at the auction. And then Jake is like, I figured out the whole case here. That that guy was getting a thing for Kai Wen, so she's in on it, and she she got to the guy, and Nog is like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But Jake is so sure, and then he accuses the Kai of kidnapping Doctor Geiger, and word gets back to his dad, who is pissed off because you can't accuse the president of doing shady shit, and she's pissed and she's petty. She's gonna she's not the president. I'm, I okay the the Pope. <laughs> She's not the Pope. She's not really. Actually, actually, she's not quite a Pope. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And then so he's Cisco was pissed. And then they get called to the office. And Jake is like, because uh, the whole conceit is that he can't tell anybody why they want all these items. Mm -hmm. He can't because the card 
the Willie Mays baseball card has to be a surprise. And when they get called to the office, he's like, it's not because of the card. It's because we were drunk at Quark's. Doesn't go well for anybody. Feigning a chemical dependency problem to surprise your dad. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, I'm very disappointed. Go to your room, both of you. And he can tell his son to do that because he's he's 18. Or, and he can tell Nog because he's Starfleet and he's his captain. Yeah. Then they go on the elevator, whatever the Star Trek term for the elevator is, and then they get beamed to the Jim Hadar ship. Everything still stays weird and comical. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Well, for an extent, for a second, but then I I did actually like the seriousness that Wayun Jeffrey Combs kind of switched to. It was like, do you think I'm a fool? Like, seriously. Do you think I'm a fool? And it is still comical because he thinks that they're running shady shit. But he's like, you've talked to the entire senior staff and the Kai right after I talked to her. So clearly, y'all are doing some fucked up shit. And because the guy right below me, who's y'all been running Aaron for, Aaron's for, has been in his room running all this equipment with highly charged polaric particles, which could... Either be a bomb, I guess, or be something that could fuck with uh, him that the Federation doesn't even know about, but this crackpot kind of stumbled on. We don't know exactly. Anyway, it's enough for Wei Yun to think there's shady something else going on, and he doesn't believe their story, that they're just trying to do a nice thing for his dad, and he's like, do you think I'm a fool? Yeah, we get to this we get to this point in the plot where it it almost seems like it has a plot. <laughs> okay. Where it's almost going to have like a yeah. thing uh, at, where there really is something going on that's complicated and sinister uh, and they don't. And at that point, I almost admired it. <laughs> I was like, they are so sticking to this episode being fucking fluff. <laughs> I agree. Like, I love uh, And by that point, I kind of like let it wash over me. <laughs> all right. I was, it won right. you over. In the yeah. End. I was like, I was like, fine episode. I, I like the relentlessness with which you <laughs> right. want the show to have no point. So, yes. Right. Well, I, again, I think it has, but anyways, he, and then Jake is like, well, fine. Okay. I'll come. Cause he's a writer, right? He comes up with this big story. He's like, okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. The real story is that we're working for Starfleet Intelligence because Willie Mays did not exist until a day ago, and this card showed up, a statue showed up at Cooperstown at the Baseball Hall of Fame, and we think he's a time traveler that is uh, from the future, and he's going to fuck everything up. The whole universe, galaxy, might depend on this, and he sells them a big tall tale, big fish story, and then Wayun is like, all right, I believe you. And then you're like, seriously, you believe that? Like, no, I believe that you're a dumbass kid. Make and then you're just trying to do something nice. And then Jake says to Wei Yun something that is weird. He's like, you are very wise. You're very wise. That time traveler bit was clearly uh, a rough draft of somebody's in <laughs> yeah, the room. Right. Maybe that's how they. <laughs> maybe that's what they had to buy the story. The story. The story by for. Yeah. Right. Uh, in the in the episode, maybe that's why they somebody wanted it. Yeah. yeah. I really like that past tense episode. Why can't we do that with a real figure and say Willie Mays is actually Cisco? <laughs> this, uh, by the way, I was talking about Joss Whedon. I just looked it up. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, started the week that Ronald D. Moore turned in the script for this episode. So maybe this literally is the end of a an, a type of con- t- TV comedy era of like broad, slow. We see him coming a mile away jokes right. to the... That first season of Buffy, though, was, I think, pretty bad. It's like, it was an X-Files ripoff, but that's a whole other podcast, ain't it? Yeah. But... I have never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? It's yeah. got its charms. It has its charms. It's got ideas. It's a show with ideas. Yeah. It, and... It oh, takes a season yeah. to get oh, into yeah. them, and And, fuck, um, yeah, Armin Shimmerman's on it. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, right, right. He's double do it. He's double dutying it. Oh, at this oh wow, he's in the first season as a principal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's double dutying it. I remember that coming into play in one of the episodes earlier. Huh. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, and then uh, he believes. Sorry, but back to this episode, I guess. Wayun believes him, and then Doctor Geiger comes in, and and Wayun is actually thrilled by Doctor Geiger and is on board, but. And then they're Jake and Nog are wandering off, and but Wayun is a guy that likes to see people happy when he's not 
because probably it helps them manipulate them better. But he's like, whoa, no, before you go, take the baseball card because I like Captain Cisco and I like Deep Space Nine, he says earlier. But and then and yeah, but whatever. And then they do and they just make everybody happy. <laughs> First off, the, the whoever thought it would be a good idea to do a shot of uh, Irish actor Colmini in uh, a speedo, like a speedo, like a, it's, it's, not like a not like a but like a like wetsuit, a wetsuit yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, well, like yeah, like that that sort of thing. Not like a banana hammock speedo, but like a <laughs> right. like a uh, yes. I didn't um, pay enough attention, that, but yeah. I saw him with an oar. Yeah, it's it was yeah, he's got an oar and he's got like one of those like uh I don't know, like a kayaking wetsuit. Okay. He's wearing a wetsuit. I don't know what, what is Bashir doing. Bashir is uh, he cuddling his teddy like bear. Has a little teddy bear. Yeah, so they've completed all the quest givers missions and so that makes you know, when you when you're playing a computer RPG and you have to go to every person in the village and decide to make them happy, and then finally the mayor of the town says You've made everybody happy. Thank you. Now here's this item. And that's basically what happens at the end of this episode. He got a heart container piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and then Cisco is I don't know what's going on, but there's like, it was so dark and all the dark shit's still there, but it's like there's a gust of fresh air through a musty old house. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of corny and it's video games aren't always the best. Uh, dramatic writing <laughs> I'll concede that but huh. at the same time the point is like the thing that they were I felt like they were trying to do with this episode and bringing this goofy B plot into the foreground and making it the A plot is the thing that you know Cisco even says even at the darkest moments there are things to make you smile which partly is why I like this show as we talk about you know as existing when it does in time it's not like they wouldn't make an episode of TV like this now because everything is dark and gritty in Game of Thrones and everything has to be super serious. But this is like, you know what? Shit is getting coming to a head. But in, even in that, we can have these like lighthearted moments of levity and we don't have to focus on all the dark shit all the time. And that's. But I think maybe this is what like where it gets to me is that like that's in that's a goal to set but it, i don't i just didn't find this fun, episode funny <laughs> like, i didn't laugh out loud that much but i i found myself entertained i mean at the, like i said at the end the extended way sequence was nice uh it's a nice way to go it's uh yeah uh, yeah, <laughs> not your favorite episode. That's fine. Yeah, it's it literally is the episode before the episode I'm much more interested in. So like, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I guess I'm supposed to appreciate this for the foreplay that it is, but yeah, yeah. it's bad foreplay. <laughs> I don't know. Has has Star Trek ever genuinely made me laugh? And I don't know if it has. I think that the humor is there to build camaraderie with you amongst the cast because these look like these guys get along. Space friends. Yes. Now, like, yeah. like, like when Data, when Data doesn't understand something and or earnestly tries something, him, yeah. right? Or like those are fun little moments. Even if you're not laughing at them, they're building camaraderie amongst. But I didn't feel like this was doing that. It should Star Trek shouldn't do whimsy for forty four minutes. <laughs> okay. And again, again, it it really wasn't for forty four minutes because we had those that great scene where, you know, Kai went mm. uh, or or Wei Yun said, "We're oh, I'm so glad to be working together. We're so much alike." And Kai went checks checks the dude's <laughs> right. ear and <laughs> uh, and she just like smiles at him. She goes, "No, we're nothing alike." I like that. Too. And it's very condescending in her in her like that was a great scene. Uh, the scene where where uh, Cisco meets Wayun and he says we're at the relationship where we could uh, you know the phony adversarial stuff is behind us. We could just be frank with you. You yeah. know that was a great scene. Um, so I mean we we didn't have just straight up Huck Finn adventures. We did have some important stuff that yeah yeah that made that made it you know carried you through. Right right. Yeah, uh, guys, uh, on the rewatch meter, where, where are you gonna put this? As much as I liked it, it's not gonna go that high. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll put it at a six, somewhere between a six and a seven. No, and it's gonna be a six if we're honest. I, it's got good Wayun stuff, but like I, I like at the end that Wayun is like a sucker for like a 
like an Amway salesman. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like, yes. like that he liked that he's a sucker for snake oil. I like that as a character trait in Wayne. Right. Um, oh, really? I have a background in creative genetics. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting stuff. And then, and at first it was like, yeah, that, that you thought that he was going to be too smart for this wacko uh-huh. but no oh i like sell me gold coins like you know like <laughs> like uh, right <laughs> um all right well where are you gonna put it uh, four yeah i was gonna put it even lower <laughs> i think i like the episode more than james but uh, as far as my rewatching goes yeah. like a two yeah. like i'm only gonna rewatch this to fill in the gaps in the timeline of the, like, the political Maybe, stuff yeah right. like it, it you know and that's why, it, otherwise, it would be a zero. I don't give two shits about the Willie Mays card. I'm not even sure the Willie Mays card made really made Cisco all that happy. <laughs> I think he would probably be happier if he didn't think his friend, his son, and his son's friend didn't get drunk at Quarks. <laughs> I think that probably did erase all the goodwill that the card brought. He th- he thought, ooh, a baseball card. One more thing, I got a fucking pack next episode. <laughs> Whoa, what? Um. What do you guys think the good people of IMDb think of this episode? Uh, 7.4. I'm going to go 7.7. 7.8. It's, oh. a, it's 806 votes. It's a highly, highly voted uh, episode. Oh. People like this humor, man. People like this shit. I was going to say, I mean, I thought, I, almost, I was going to say 7.5, and I was like, oh, let me go lower. But no, you, you bested me this time, James Nolan. Well, I had read that it was really popular, mm-hmm. and and maybe surprisingly so to the to uh, Ronald D. Moore. Um, mm-hmm. Next week, yeah. oh, first of all, so speaking of Ronald D. Moore, uh, the Watch podcast they that did a ranking episode of all of the future what is going to be the next Game of Thrones prognosticating. And they uh, one, one, one of them picked. That's my one of them picked Ronald D. Moore's uh, space show. For Apple, whatever the fuck, that, wherever, oh. whatever venue it ends up with, however we find it, and they, they pick uh, one of them picked that that would be the next Game of Thrones that we would all oh, talk about. I forgot uh, that they the next Game of Th- what is the next Game of Thrones is my least favorite <laughs> thing about the, uh, about television yes, right now. Yes, yes. So you, but we, uh, uh, yeah. And these guys are these guys are knee deep in that. Like they're all about. No, the next they were game. just they were just like sort of. I think because they're TV got their TV industry guys. Jesus, and they're all like because everybody that the point is positioning to be the next game of what is positioning to be the next game of thrones so it's kind of like having a podcast about what is dc doing and why can't they get their shit together Ugh. it's just the industry sort of shit but uh ronald d moore is uh in the catbird seat uh according to one <laughs> one popular podcast uh the next episode is uh fucking amazing it's fucking amazing i've watched it already and it's fucking amazing so oh, okay um, oh. It's called Call to Arms, and uh, shit gets shit, shit happens, and everything that I've 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 I watched ahead too. It is I concur. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and ruin it for next. We're gonna have a. <laughs> Well, yeah. shit. Why yeah, did sorry. we go so long on this one if the next one's so great? Yeah, <laughs> that, well, that's my I fault. Mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> bad company. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna re. Yeah, bad company. Uh, I, you're gonna get some. I'm sure we're gonna like. I'm, we're gonna parse it together. We're yeah. gonna break it down. Yes. We're gonna find out why it's so good and maybe how it could have been better. And uh, um, James settles old scores with the plots. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> no. Yeah. No. All right, but no, it's it's All good right. stuff. All right, it's also the season finale. Right. By the way, if people want to give us money or find out more about us, what oh, should they well, do? If they want to give us money or find other stuff, they could go to the Patreon at patreon.com slash kickers of elves. If they want to yell at us about other things, they can give us a call and give us their feedback that way. Um, at 917-408-3898, we listen to all your, uh, feedback and we usually talk about it. So go ahead and give us a call and we will make, uh, you know, we will make good use of it, uh, or send us an email at rules of acquisition podcast at gmail.com and, and do all the other stuff. Tell your friends and do all the other stuff that every podcast asks you to do. Well, 
Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Rules of Acquisition. Uh, we will be back next week with the season finale. For Wade, James, and myself, three to beam out. The Wiz Kids had won it, Bobby Thompson had done it, and Yogi read the comics all the while. Rock and roll was being born, marijuana we would scorn. So down on the corner, the national pastime went on trial. We're talking baseball, Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball. The man and Bobby Fella, the scooter, the barber and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque, especially Willie, Mickey and the Duke. Well, Casey was winning, Hank Aaron was beginning, one Robbie going out, one coming in. Kiner and Midget Goodell, the Thumper and Mel Parnell, and Ike was the only one winning down in Washington. That giant kid is great. When he hits the ball, it's long gone man. Hits it farther than Campy can. Swings the bats like a little lead pipe. When they reach the ball, it's overripe. Say hey, say who? Say Willie, say hey, say who? Swing it at the plate, say hey, say who? Say Willie, that giant kid is great. He runs the bases like a choo choo train. Swings around the second like an aeroplane. His cap flies off.